Wow, I'm going to do that with my kids. Six cents. There you go. Not going to work. Welcome to Wednesday Night Equip. And um, if you notice, when you first came in or in your bulletin, you were given one of these cards. Can you believe that it's Easter already? Now, Easter has always been one of my favorite holidays to celebrate. I know what you're thinking. It's not because my name is Bunny, although it did have its perks. But it was celebrated in our family. And I knew from a young age that there was a man named Jesus who died on the cross and rose again to give me a hope and a future. And I'm so thankful that I had people in my life that prayed that one day I would find Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. So our team has come up with this unbelievable idea of invitation cards. So if you haven't gotten one yet or you want more tonight on your way out, you can stop by our information center or at the yes tables and pick up as many as you need. So it's not just an invitation card, okay? It is a commitment card. That's what I I call it. Because you can give this to anybody, your loved ones, your family members. You can go to a restaurant and give it to your waitress or waiter, anybody, doctor's office, invite them. And then I know, because all of us do, we have someone in our life that we want to share the hope of Jesus Christ. And you can write their name right here. And then you can commit, put it somewhere where you'll see it all the time. And you can commit to praying that one day they will find hope in Jesus. Okay? We know that there is power in prayer. And Easter, I know Pastor Sheldon has prepared an amazing message. So invite them. I know that we start our kickoff, our Easter celebration this coming Sunday with our uh, children joining us for service. That will be an amazing time. Then we have our Easter program Wednesday and Friday. And there will be dinner served on both nights. And then, of course, our Easter Sunday. So you don't want to miss that. There are new times. And then share that with your loved ones and friends. So you can go ahead and take out your notes and your Bible. For those of you that are new here on Wednesday night, Wednesday is our equipped service. So that's why you'll notice that there are notes that you can take, but they're left blank. Because everyone hears the Lord differently. The lesson that the Lord is going to teach me personally will be different than the lesson or whatever he's teaching to my husband or to my friend. So we train ourselves to hear the Lord. Because it's important as we equip ourselves as saints so that we can do the work of the Lord, we want to be able to hear him. Not other people, not ourselves. We want to be able to discern his voice. Therefore, we equip ourselves to hear the Lord. And that's what the note-taking is for. Last week, Pastor Charlie talked about responsibility and accountability. Especially for those that are called into leadership. And we have been talking about how everyone has a purpose. We have all been given gifts. We are the body of Christ. One body. And we move as one. And Pastor Sheldon jumped on all these different instruments. I'm not sure if you were here when you witnessed that because it was hilarious. He actually can play the drums and the guitar, but you wouldn't want him to start playing the piano, okay? Everyone has something to offer. And we don't want just, you know, one person doing everything because what happens is that 
we can become complaining. We can become distracted. And so Pastor Charlie really hit it home when he was talking about the responsibility. And tonight, as we discover more about what is our place and what is my role, we're going to hear about having and developing a perspective, a heart that has a different perspective, the perspective of Christ. You know, not all of us are called to be pastors. Not all of us are called to be teachers. Not all of us are called to be cooks or worship leaders. Praise the Lord. Not all of us are called to do different things, but we are all called to do something. Imagine if the church, that's you and me, moved and operated in our gifts. How effective we would be in the community, in the world. I cannot imagine doing ministry, youth ministry especially, without the men and women that serve alongside of me. We are all equipped differently. We all have different gifts to offer. And that way, we can make a greater impact on the kids that we serve. I think it's funny because growing up, I come from a family that loves camping. For those of you that know me, I don't like camping. Um, There's something about loading up, driving to some hot desert place, setting up. Cooking outside, not to mention the outhouses, if you're blessed to have one. And then loading back up and then coming home, sunburnt, and unloading. Oh, I used to hate it. See, I would sneak away and hide. And my parents would be like, where'd Bunny go? And I'd be hiding. And as I got older, the more responsibility I got, so the more I disliked. Especially when there was no electricity for my straightener. So I thought... It was really funny that the year that I joined youth ministry, Pastor Sheldon decided, wouldn't it be cool if we started like our own youth camp? And I was like, what? Because see, when I was doing New Hope Puna, they wanted to do a camp. And I said, sure. So I made reservations at King Cam and that's where we did it. And it was fun. See, because my idea is calling and making reservations. So, but this is where God was challenging me. Remember when I said, I had asked God, what do you want me to do? And he said, are you willing? And I was like, oh man, okay. I got to be willing. So we went camping and it was awesome. Let me tell you a little bit about zero gravity. I'm going to do my little plug here because I love zero gravity. I do not like camping still, but there is one week that surpasses every other week of this year. And that is when we take all of our kids down to Spencer's for an entire week. Can you imagine how awesome that is? A bunch of teenagers for one whole week? No? Yes. It's, it's so awesome because they come without their phones, without Facebook, without social media. Let me tell you, if you've never experienced worship with a whole bunch of kids with their guard down and they don't care who's around and they worship chicken skin because you know that this is our future and there is something that we can offer and we are here and it is be it is the best week all year and um, we have been blessed every year every year the county the state of hawaii or the county not sure which one it is continues to allow us to bring more and more and this year he has, they have allowed us 120 uh, youth and leaders. So praise God. Yes. And we are looking forward to him doing extraordinary things. 
See, I had to become okay and willing to say, all right, I got to suck it up. It's okay if I got to set up tent. Not that I ever have because I don't know how. But that's what kids are there for. Usually the girls know how to set up tents because they read direction, not say anything about boys. But it was all fun and games, literally, because my role was to basically hang out with kids. I was a group leader, and we got to play capture the flag, and I got to be involved, and I didn't have too much responsibility. Of course, it kind of all changed when Pastor Sheldon said, hey, I have this idea. Here you go. Zero gravity. And something shifted in me. See, sometimes our roles start to change as God equips us and develops our Our roles start to change. And so I thought, well, okay. See, before, when I was just a volunteer leader, I was the one that says, you know what we should do, Pastor Sheldon? You know what you should do? You know what it would be? It would be a good idea if we did this. And a lot of times he would be like, hmm, I'll think about it. Let me pray about it. Oh, fine then, fine. But when the roles shifted, all of a sudden, I felt responsible. Like I had this responsibility of making decisions and being accountable for these decisions. I had 60 plus teenagers, your children, their lives were, I pretty much was responsible for that during this week. So there was something that changed in me and I had to be responsible. Now, could I have just said, you know, I'd rather just hang out with kids. Yes, I could have, and God would have used someone else, but I had to be willing. And I said I was going to be willing. Therefore, God started to develop my gifts. And that's what he does in our lives. When we're willing and we make that first step, God starts to develop the gifts that we have. And he starts to move us. And then he places us in roles so that we can make an impact wherever we are. Because we are all the body of Christ. And we all have something to give. Now God has a great sense of humor. That he started to test my heart. See, there's the willingness and then there's the test. Because it's in the test that we know for sure. Are you really willing? Are you just saying you're willing? Or are you really willing to do whatever it takes? See, the first zero gravity that I oversaw, and this is where the God's sense of humor is, there was a shark watch, a tsunami watch, oh, not to mention a brush fire. Now your kids were all safe. But then there were, I was in a situation where I, I, people started to talk to me. You know what we should do? This is what we need to do. This is what we need to do. And I had to zone out and say, Lord, what is it that you want? See, as a leader, there's great responsibilities. And I cannot always be influenced by other people's opinions or ideas. I have to be influenced by the Holy Spirit. Because there's responsibility. And I was accountable to the decisions that I had to make. I, it was always a success, not because of me, not because of the leaders, but because of the teams where their heart was. So we didn't complain. We could get caught up in complaining. Oh, it's too hot. Oh my goodness, there's ants. Oh, there's this and there's that. Because get bugs and stuff. 
there's lots of things. You're going to hear a lot of zero gravity stories, let me tell you. But I have to be willing to say, Holy Spirit, lead me. Because if I'm listening to everybody else, I'm going to be influenced by everybody else. Not by the purpose and the will of God. And so the camp has to, in order for it to be successful, it has to be led by the Holy Spirit. And just like in our lives, God has a role for us to play in the body of Christ. And if we're listening and we're influenced by other things, they were not really leading or moving in the Spirit. <clears throat> if you can grab your Bibles and go ahead and turn to Luke 10, verse 38. Who am I serving? I would ask myself, who am I serving? Who am I doing this for? Am I doing it for self-recognition? Am I doing it to promote myself? Am I doing it to please man or so that I can look good? No. I have to come to a point where I can say I am doing this because I'm serving the Lord. It is a heart issue before it can be anything else. Before I can know what my role is, I need to know where my heart is. So this is a story of Martha and Mary. And we're familiar with this story. I don't know about you, but if you're like me, when you know that people are coming over to your house, you start cleaning. You put away all the paper plates. You guys know what I'm talking about. Bring out all the nice plates. You cook all day because you want them. You want to please, you be pleasing to them. You clean the house. You get everything clean. And here, here you are. Here we have Jesus coming to visit Mary and Martha. And I can imagine that these two sisters were getting everything ready because Jesus was coming. So verse 38. Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village. And a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. I'm going to stop right there. How many of us get distracted by serving? We can, we can get to the point where we're, we want to serve God. That's why we took that first step. Hey, I want to do this. But then something happens in our serving that we get distracted by our serving. Sometimes we don't really think that that can happen because we're serving God. But what happens is that we get distracted by all the details involved. We get distracted by the actual act. And then we get, hey, where everybody's there? How come only me? I don't know if you talk pigeon. I'm sorry. Just saying. We're, we're, we get to the point where you start to complain. And then your heart is no longer focused on the reason why you started doing it in the first place. So verse 41. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. But one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. Can you imagine what was going through Martha's head? She must have thought, oh, Mary, really? I'm slaving away in the kitchen and you're out there hanging out? I don't think so. So what does she do? She goes to Jesus. Jesus, you don't think that this is kind of unfair? I mean, try help me out. Because we do that. We go to God and we say, Lord, 
it's kind of unfair. It's just me. We do that. And our, our hearts start to shift and we start to lose focus. But Mary, see Jesus, I bet Martha actually thought that Jesus was going to say, you know what? You're right. Mary. Okay. He didn't say it like that. Mary, <laughs> what you doing? Get in the kitchen and help your sister. That would please us. That would please us if Jesus said, you're right. You're right. She don't belong here at my feet. She don't want nothing for gain by being in my presence. Better yet, you just go serve. No, Jesus didn't. I wonder if it caught Martha off guard. See, he said, you're worried about a lot of things. There's a lot of different things that is going on. But see, Mary has chosen the necessary thing. See, what Jesus is saying, yes, serve. Yes, there is work involved when we serve. But don't ever forget why and who you serve. It's not about the act necessarily, but the heart. See, Martha, her heart shifted. Now, she was serving, she was preparing for Jesus because she wanted it to be done well. Mary knew the work that was involved. But yet she chose to sit at Jesus' feet and take in because she knew that that was necessary. We want to have that heart when we serve to keep our heart in that perspective of being at Jesus' feet. Serve at his feet. Then when that spirit of complaining comes in, you can stop it. You can recognize it and say, oh, I don't think so. Because I'm not serving man. Last week, one of our um, young women that serve in our youth was getting some things ready for zero gravity. And she actually had a moment. And she came to me and she said, oh my goodness, I was sitting there and I felt used. She felt like she was just being used for, to do all this labor. And in that moment, she went, wait a minute, I'm not doing this for serve man. I'm doing this to serve God. God is using my gifts. I'm actually using my gifts to serve him. And when she refocused her heart, that's when she regained her joy. And all of a sudden, she became joyful again. See, when we lose focus on the reason why we're serving in the first place, we lose our joy. Have you ever felt like it's just unfair? See, Martha lost her joy. Martha forgot that it wasn't just the act of serving, but where was her heart? In order for us to serve, leaders need to remember and keep it as a top priority that we have to live a life and serve at the feet of Jesus Christ. We will sometimes lose focus and we will lose our joy. And we will get distracted. But it's in those times that we just refocus. There's a lot of responsibility that comes with leading. And sometimes it has a lot to do with where we stand. Where are we standing? Are we serving at the foot, the feet of Christ? Or are we doing it for self-gain? Are we just serving or have we forgotten it just takes reshift, refocus, and regain your joy. My heart has always been to serve God. And last week, someone on our staff, she came up to me and she said, Hey, Bunny, can I ask you a question? I said, Sure. 
And she goes, how do you, what motivates you to serve the way you do? And I was like, the way I do? What do you mean? So, well, you're with that joy. Like, how do you serve? Why do you serve? What motivates you? My answer was simple. Because I remember what my life was like without him. I remember where I was without Jesus Christ. Now, I grew up in a home that established Christ, and we, we went to church. But I decided to live and walk a different path. I knew that there was God, and I knew of him. And I'm sure when I was young, I raised my hand and accepted Christ, but it wasn't real to me. I was living a very selfish life. See, when I think about why I serve, it takes me to the day of my salvation. It takes me to the day that I no longer lived that selfish life. And for me, it was July 5th, 1995. Let me tell you the circumstances that surrounded that. I was out July 4th partying. I came home early, about 4 o'clock in the morning. And I have wonderful family. My parents, my son was about a year and a half at that time. And they were watching him. And when I came home and everything was spinning, I'm sitting on my bed and my mom comes and brings my son. He was up and she placed him in his crib. And he was sitting up, and my son has always been very content, and he's always been so happy. And he was sitting there with this smile, just looking at me. And I remember sitting there, thinking to myself, you are such a disappointment. I cannot believe this is the life you chose. I cannot believe that this is what you're okay with. And I'm looking at my son And I hear the Lord say, do you really want to do this without me? Now, there were things that had happened in my life that I started, that I was angry with God. I blamed God for everything that happened to me as if it was his fault and he was choosing it for me. I had lost focus and I was having a hard time cope and I allowed the root of bitterness into my heart. And I was producing not so good fruit. And I remember sitting there and looking at my son thinking, you deserve better than this. And the Lord said to me, you don't have to do it by yourself. Now, because I was angry, I said, "Um, well, if you're real, God, you know, we've done that before, then prove it. Prove it. And he reminded me, he said, what is your son's name? I said, Isaiah. He goes, what did you name? What is his middle name? I said, Kealapono. What does it mean? It means path of righteousness. And God said, trust me. And it was that day that I never went back. That was the day I decided, okay, I'll give you a chance, Lord. And I had to be willing to allow him in my life and move me. That is the reason why I serve. Because I know what my life was without him. And so if God's going to give me a gift, and God's going to develop me, and if I say, I'm willing, Lord, even if it was something small, because it did start off small. It was just, are you willing to just love kids? It started off small. 
And God started to develop that. And God started to move. And God started to use. Because I remember that feeling. And I don't want to ever return there. You know, that's what God said to the Israelite people. Do not remember where you came from. And remember where you're going. Don't ever forget where you came from. But I'm about to do some miracles in your life. I'm about to change if you let me. And I, tr- I had to trust him. Allow him to move. So in order for me to know what my role is, I must first know where my heart is. Who am I serving? What am I motivated by? Because if I'm in it for self-gain, I will forfeit my calling. And that is not something I want to do. Every single person here has gifts to offer. We all have a purpose. And we've been learning about, as we are the body of Christ, how effective we can be. When we step up, it can be scary. When we step up to that. But when we are faithful in the little, trust me, he will shower us. I have... A lot of zero-gravity stories, like I told you before. This one, in particular, I thought would be perfect. Because as we talk about fear in our lives, because it can get scary. It can get to the point where we're afraid to say, Oh, you know what? I don't have too much to offer. Because of responsibilities. That's like in camping, I used to go hide because I never liked the responsibilities. There comes responsibilities in what God is asking us to do. But also with the responsibilities comes blessing. I am not a fan of the ocean. Okay, wait, let me rephrase that. I am not a fan of sharks. I, in fact, I am the biggest wuss when it comes to the ocean. Actually, I'm, I'm, I'm okay as long as I don't hear the music. letting it draw, draw you in. You know what I'm talking about, right? You don't want it to go fast because that means the shark is right there. Okay, 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 enough, enough, enough. Oh, I hate that song. But let me tell you, I hear that song every single time I get close to the ocean. Okay, so with that being said, let me tell you this story. There is this beach down at zero gravity that we call the promised land. And that would be an entire different sermon. We walk to this beach and it is the best and most beautiful beach. And we take about 50 to 70 kids down there. And I happen to have promised land patrol. That was my job. And so it was getting to be about five o'clock. Okay, we got to go. So we're rounding up all the kids and we're going. And um, we had this one leader that would bring kayaks over and the kids would be able to kayak and whatnot. And so every leader that I serve with, they know my fear, okay? Which is why when we were ready to leave, one of the girls says, Hey, Auntie Bun, what about the kayaks? And I was like, (laughs) the kayaks? 
And I turn and I see two kayaks on the beach. Now, initially I thought, first of all, someone will get lickens when I get back to camp. And then I'm going, we're just going to walk over there. And we're going to tell them, go back and pick up the kayaks themselves. But then I thought, no, because they're not my kayaks. And so this is where responsibility kicks in, right? We have to be responsible and make decisions with that responsibility in mind. And I'm going, okay, they're not mine. They don't belong to me. So therefore, I got to take them back. So I thought in my head, okay, it's about 5 o'clock. Discovery Channel says that sharks feed at 6 and 6. <laughs> it's true. They don't lie. And so I'm thinking, okay, I'll jump in one, I'll bungee the second one, and I'll go out. Well, there was this young man that knew that I was scared out of my mind, said, you know what, I'll take one with you. So I'm like, okay, thank you, Jesus, okay. So I'm going, and I'm paddling, and of course, the second I go into that water, I'm hearing, dun, 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 and I'm like, oh, no, oh, no. And so I start singing praise and worship songs, because that way the angels will, okay, anyways. I'm going and I'm paddling and the waves are getting pretty high. And so we had to move away from the shoreline because it was dangerous. And so if you've ever been out to Kona water, you know that it's deep blue real fast and that the biggest shark in the world was caught anyways. So we're going out there and I'm paddling and I was like, where is this, where is this boy? And I turn around and he flipped and he couldn't get back on the kayak. Now he had this look on his face that I probably would also have. The look that said, okay, I'm going to die because I'm here at Auntie Bunny. (laughs) And I would have that same look because it would be true. And I was thinking, oh, no, 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 no. And I'm like, come on, get on there. And he's like, I I can't. And I was like, oh, man, I look at my watch. Oh, what time now? (laughs) So I go back to where he's at. And now something happened. Okay, I grabbed him. I put him on the kayak, I bungee the kayak, and I paddled to shore, and I'm like, this no can. So what happened to me? What happened to that fear? Let me tell you what happened to that fear. That child's life became more important than my fear. That child's life became more important than my fear. Sometimes we get scared when we take that first step. We get scared when we say, okay, well, I have this. I can do this. So maybe I'll serve here. And it can get scary because of the responsibilities. And so we take that first step. But what, what are we really serving? What is the purpose behind it? For me, I'm motivated by winning souls. I'm motivated, motivated by impacting the next generation for Jesus Christ. So therefore, I will go camping for an entire week and get sunburned and get bit by, or not bit, stung by bees. I will do whatever it takes. And it can get scary. But let's remember, as we step out in faith, God meets us where we're at. God never left me. God never said, okay, well, you know what? I'm going to set you up and I'm going to watch you fall. Never. And he has found me worthy. He has found you worthy that he has equipped us with gifts. He has allowed us to serve and he is willing to start developing those gifts. We just got to step out in faith. Because what are we really doing? Is it worth more the lives to find hope in Jesus Christ than our fear. Yes.
Those lives are more important than our fear. And then we come to a place where, okay, well, we're going to serve. And it can get hard because of the responsibilities. And we find ourselves maybe questioning and find ourselves maybe complaining. And we get caught up in the act of serving when we forget why and who we are serving in the first place. We want to develop a heart that sits at the feet of Jesus and serves there. We want to make sure that we refocus and change the perspective so that we can regain joy again and serve with joy. Because when we are serving together, greater is the impact. See, some of us may even think that, well, what I have to offer is insignificant. Let me tell you, I would look down at my pinky toe and say, well, what are you used for? Like, what's your purpose? I don't really talk to it, but still, you know what I mean? <laughs> what is your purpose? But let me tell you, you hit your pinky toe on the, on the table or something, your whole body shuts down. <laughs> it hurts right through. That is the body of Christ. Everybody is needed. Every gift is needed. And if we allow God to develop those, if we allow God to say, you know what? I'm going to step out in faith. I'm going to surrender everything to you, and I'm going to move. You watch. Because God says, you really want to do this without me? Do you really want to live life without me? I know I don't. And I will never go back there again. I am worthy. You are worthy that he sent his son to die on the cross. Who rose again to give us hope and a future. Amen. Why don't we pray? We bow our heads. You can go ahead and put away your Bibles. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for being that kind of God. That you will never leave us nor forsake us. That you have equipped each and every one of us with something to offer. We don't want to go back to that life without you. Thank you for calling us to a place where you find us worthy. And although it can be scary, Lord, that you have never, ever left us to watch us fall. Continue to equip us as a body of Christ. Remind us daily of where our hearts should be. May we be people that sit at your feet, serve at your feet. And make you our priority. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone says amen.